Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Reroute Your Brain. This week I've got a very special guest, my very good friend Sarah Brandt. Sarah is a CEO and founder of Brandt's Coaching, helping people who are stuck in a dissatisfying position and scared to take action to find a fulfilling career that is right for them and make it happen. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking about procrastination today because I think that it is a very good topic. Awesome. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Reroute Your Brain, a podcast about changing habits. How you think, how you act and how you speak to yourself and to others. Have you ever set a New Year's resolution and by the end of January you're back to doing things the way you've always done them and then started beating yourself up because you failed again? If your answer is yes, then this is the place for you. Here you'll find tools, techniques and strategies to change the way you think, the way you speak and the way you act. You'll change your habits and behaviours and learn how to get things done. I'm your host, Sean Street. I'm a life coach, hypnotist, mentor and trainer. And together we're about to embark on an audio adventure to create a whole new you. I hope you're ready to go because I'm getting started right now. So today we're here to talk about procrastination. And I'd really love to get your idea first of what procrastination means to you. What is procrastination to you? What does procrastination mean to me? It's not doing that which I truly want to do because of X, Y, and Z. Okay. So to me, procrastination is a form of an excuse to not do something. Okay. I've been doing a lot of research into procrastination lately. And one interesting thing I found out was that in general, procrastinators tend to have higher stress levels and lower levels of general well-being. Well, I mean, when you think about procrastination, you're probably doing it because you're, you fear what it is that you'll get if you actually take the action, or it's like that deep underlying fear that, you know, you're not good enough for something, or you're not worthy of something, so then you procrastinate so you don't have to do it, but really all you're doing is inflicting more pain on yourself because you're not filling in the gap with something worthwhile doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you might be procrastinating from doing something, so you go and watch TV, but it's not actually fulfilling you. Like you're just feeling bored and beating yourself up because you're watching TV instead of doing that thing that you said you would do. Yeah, and that's one of the other things that came out in this research that I've done. They say here that procrastinators tend to feel guilt or shame or anxiety when they do actually make that decision to not do what they want to do. And that can also add to your stress levels because now you're feeling a little bit guilty about not doing what you said you wanted to do so that mm-hmm. all makes a lot of sense one of the other things i found out that was interesting was that they say here it's not really a time management issue it's not that we don't have time to do the things that we want to do we just don't do them now studies have shown that students who procrastinate a lot showed lower levels of stress early on because obviously they're not doing the work yet but over time their grades would be lower and their stress and illness levels would be higher because true procrastinators didn't just finish their work later but the quality of it suffered as well and on top of that so did their general well-being in relation That's to that. Is it, would that be a combination of procrastination as well as the drama that gets associated with doing something at the last minute because you know when people start bonding over it about how they leave everything to the last minute and how much they got done in that last two hours or that last day that they had to do their assignment maybe that's a combination of more than just procrastination yeah you could be right i watched this really cool ted talk the other day called inside the mind of a master procrastinator by tim urban he talks about how when you get to that point where things have to be done or there's going to be consequences then i think he calls the panic monster kicks in and you start sort of rushing around trying to get everything done in time 
<laughs> I find that I need to make it important to me, not just it's an important task to do, but in order for me to, to get out of procrastination, I need to have a driver for that. And I personally work best on the pain system where what will happen if I don't do it and then I amp up the pain on that too, uh, okay. to get myself to get into. Interesting. That is exactly one of the techniques that I found in my research. They talk about wow. attaching the pain of not doing it because they talk about this guy I found named James Clear. He talks about how there's a little bit of a battle between the present self and the future self. When you're planning something that's going to take time to occur, then you're really planning something for your future self, but it's your present self that has to do the work to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So your present self is the one who says, you know what, I think I just want to look after me right now. I don't want to worry about future self. So you're procrastinating, put things off. So one of the things he suggests is doing exactly what you just talked about, making those future consequences become consequences now. So if you can bring those into the now and feel the pain of not doing the job now, then it could work for you, which is, which is one of the things you say works for you, which is perfect. Mm -hmm. So that's a great way to do it. Uh, on the yes, topic man. of being important, uh, I found the Eisenhower box, which you may have heard of before. Dwight Eisenhower was one of the presidents of the United States and he created this box where things are either urgent, not urgent, or, and they're important or not important. And it's a little, a little box with four quadrants in it. Mm -hmm. So if a job is urgent and important, then you should do it, like do it now. If it's important and not urgent, then you can defer it if you like, put it off. If it's urgent and not important, then you can delegate it, find someone who can do it for you, even if that is your future self. And if not urgent and not important, then just delete it. Just get rid of it, eliminate it, cross it off your list. So the, the, the options are do, defer, delegate, or delete. And what I like about that is what something that you just talked about is where he says an important task are things that contribute to our long-term mission, values, and goals. So that's how you determine whether something is important or not, if it's going to have an effect on your long-term mission, values, and goals. And you can then fit it into the important or not important. I think that's a very good point in that we don't really set goals for ourselves. We don't set long-term goals, like where do you want to be in 10 years' time? Because when you set that long-term goal, then you can start making yearly ones. And then you've kind of got another driving force, like you've got a more positive driving force that, you know what, if I just spent, I don't know, like an hour today going for a run, then I'm going to reach my one-year goal of being able to run 100 kilometers or something like that. Yep. So it's the benefit of having pre-planning out your life as much as you can so that you have an idea of where you want to go and that kind of motivates you to start doing something as well. And that's a pretty perfect way of explaining one of the other things that came up for me from James's work. He talks about making the task more achievable, so break it down into smaller steps, which is pretty much what you just said. You break it down mm -hmm. into smaller steps so you can get started and then you can build on that and build momentum as you go, then you're going to get to where you want to be. So... I thought you said that very well. Why, thank you, Sean. Oh, you're most welcome. Another thing that he talked about, uh, he talked about the Ivy Lee method. So this is about how to be consistent and how to kick the procrastination habit on a more long-term basis. And with the Ooh. Ivy Lee method, he talks about at the end of each day, you write down the six most important things you need to accomplish tomorrow. Only six. You don't write down more than six. Prioritize those six in order of their most importance. And then in tomorrow, concentrate on doing the first task. Once that's finished, then you move on to the second one. And you keep going through until you get to the end of your work day. If there's anything left in those six, then you bring them forward to the next day. Interesting. I've heard of something called Eat the Frog. <laughs> yep. Um, which is where you do the biggest, hairiest, most time-consuming things first. 
in the morning so that you knock it off the list because they describe your energy levels like a phone battery Mm -hmm. and that the lower they go down, the longer the day has gone on, then the more likely the procrastination is going to come up. So if you do everything at the beginning of the day, then when you get to the end, you're no longer in a procrastination mode because you don't have anything to procrastinate about. Yep, absolutely. And the other other side of that is if you keep avoiding the difficult job, the one that's going to be the hardest to do, it's always going to be the one that gets bumped off until tomorrow. Then you do all the easy Mm -hmm. ones again and the hard one gets bumped off till tomorrow and you end up not getting that one done. So as you say, get the hardest one done first up in the morning when you've got most energy. And you're actually setting yourself up for a much better day where you're getting things done, which is a great idea. I agree. And the procrastinator in me does not want to set six priorities (laughs) the day before. I'm like, three is fine. Let's just stick with three. (laughs) Yes. Otherwise, if I do procrastinate, then that list is going to get huge real fast. Yeah, it should never be more than six, though. So if you if you put six on there and you only get three done today, then take the three forward and then add three to it. So it's only ever six. Okay, that makes sense. that's a good plan. So yeah, yeah it that it doesn't definitely mean, feels more manageable. Yeah, and then you don't have that huge list building up and, and overwhelming you and making you want to procrastinate again. Which is a good point because you do start to feel overwhelmed and I think that's when a lot of procrastination comes in because you don't know where to start or if you're ever going to get it all done. Exactly right. And that's the hardest part. That's what procrastination actually is. It's not actually not doing the work. It's not starting. Once we tend to start, we tend to build a bit of momentum and we keep going through with things. But the hardest part is actually making that start. Uh, Mel Robbins talked about that in one of her videos. And she talks about how you, we may need to you know, parent ourselves a little bit and give ourselves a little bit of a push just to get things started. Once you get started, you tend to keep going with things after that. She said, if you just work, just work for five minutes, at least it gets you started. Your momentum may then, well, kick on and away you go and get some more done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like the idea of the six most important things to accomplish because you're making some sort of a commitment. A really great quote that I found says, if you basically, if you commit to nothing, you'll be distracted by everything. And I've seen that in myself an awful lot. If I say I want to do something tomorrow, but I don't like write it down and actually commit to myself I'm going to do it, then I find myself being distracted by just about everything else and the job doesn't get done. That's interesting because I think that commitment, I think there's another topic there around commitment because a lot of us say we'll do something and we never do it because we don't actually honour our commitment. So I think there's another part of that when it comes to procrastination that goes hand in hand is learning how to commit to yourself properly and honoring your word that you said you would do something that will then help motivate you when you are on procrastination to go out to do those activities or those actions that you said you'd do. There's also another way. And and until you get good at committing to yourself, you could always make that commitment to somebody else and tell somebody else Mm -hmm. what you're going to do so that they can hold you accountable. Because we tend to Definitely. we tend to let ourselves down more than we like to let other people down. So if we actually commit to somebody else and say we're going to do something, then we might be more likely to actually get it done. I can definitely see that. If I have a um, commitment to somebody else or something that's going to be public, I will 100% do it as soon as I can so that I can make sure that it's done. Makes sense. Yeah, because someone's relying on you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So a couple of other things that they talked about, ways to beat procrastination. They talked about what they call temptation bundling. This is another James Clear idea, but I've also heard it mentioned in another podcast that I listened to. Temptation bundling is where if you've got something that you really love to do and something that you really have to do, then you combine the two. So, for example, if you really want to get to the gym and do a workout, put some effort in there to hopefully lose some weight or get fitter or get stronger or whatever. One example might be if you really love listening to audio books or really love listening to podcast or really love listening to something else and take your headphones and listen to that 
but you're only allowed to listen to that when you're on an exercise bike in the gym, for example. So in order for you to be allowed to listen to your audiobook, you must be doing the exercise bike. So that puts the two together. It combines one that you're getting a quick fix out of and one that you're getting a long-term benefit out of. Right, so a reward system. If you do this, then I'll reward you by being able to listen to podcasts. Well, that's, that's, that's slightly different. That is, if you do the work, then your reward will be that you can listen to your audiobook. The temptation bundling is where you do them both at the same time. You say to yourself, I'm only allowed to listen to my favourite audiobook while I'm on the exercise bike. So if you want to listen to the book, then you need to get on the exercise bike first. And then oh. while you're pedalling the bike, you're listening to your favourite audiobook. Interesting. So doing two I wonder how many people say that they're going to do a temptation bundle and then end up not going to the gym but still listening to the audiobook. Yeah, well, there's procrastination mm. kicking in again. Yeah. Something else that I found interesting, someone talked about is procrastination the same as being lazy? And they said no. They said procrastination is an active process. You choose to do something else instead of the task that you know you should be doing, whereas laziness is apathy, inactivity, or an unwillingness to act. So procrastination, even though it usually means that we're doing nothing, it's still an active choice that we're making to not do something, which I found interesting. That is interesting. As you know, DJ Jackson once said in our training, that a true procrastinator is someone who sits down and does absolutely nothing. Whereas when you're being lazy, you could be sitting down and watching TV or you could be doing like the cleaning or something like that. So in his definition, if you are actually procrastinating, you are sitting there, not paralyzed, but almost paralyzed and just not doing anything, not thinking anything at all. Yeah, see, that's not how it works for me. I mean, I'm, I have been guilty of procrastinating. And I still do it, obviously. It's, it's one of those things that is kind of built into us a bit. And again, some of the research that I've done kind of explains that. But I find when I procrastinate, if I've got something that I want to do, I find that I will go and sit and watch TV instead of doing it. I know another person I was talking to recently who considered themselves a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to cleaning and doing housework. And they've got other things that they would like to do to get their business going, but they tend to go and clean the house instead. So they're procrastinating doing the things that they've got to do for their business by cleaning their house. So they're still doing something, but they're not doing the thing that's going to give them the long-term benefit. That, that sounds like an internal fear. Well, it could be Like they're too. running from something. Like too. this is a, like I'd be interested to see their ideas and what their business is going to be and if there might be like a fear of failure or fear of success there, that they're running from doing it. So they do the housework, housework which they know will not get them any closer to having the business that they want because they're not spending time in it. There is, also, is there anything that you do that you're procrastinating from that actually has an underlying fear or concern? Yeah, there is. And I mean, there was there was a lot of that when I first sort of started looking at getting into a coaching business as well. You know, like I'm, I'm one of those ones who likes to know everything and I'm sure I'm not alone out there. You know, there's people out there that just want to know everything before they start doing things. So I would do course after course after course. Procrastination for me would be I need to learn more before I do it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I know people, I mean, I speak to a lot of students in the college and a lot of them say I just need to get some more experience before I start working with people or I need to get more experience before I start charging for my service, which is just another form of procrastination again, which also has probably that fear underlying it that you're talking about. And, so and what do you think would be the way, like if this is happening in your life, then what do you, did you do in order to move past that and actually start doing the work for your coaching business? Eventually I got to the point where I just said, I've, I've, I've just got to do this. If I want to do this, then I've just got to make things happen. And mm-hmm. I started just doing little things you know, and 
I mean, this podcast is a perfect example. I had planned to start running some live workshops and start to teaching some of the things that I've learned, but obviously with all of this lockdown and stuff and we can't have people in the same room, I can't do that. So instead of running those live workshops, I decided to start doing this instead so I can still start to put out some of the stuff that I've learned. I can still start to help people and I can still, hopefully in an ideal world, people will listen to this stuff, like what I've got to say and may contact me and say, I'd like to do some work with you. Uh, but it just it, it eventually just came down to the point where I just said, you know what, I've just got to I've just got to start doing something because something is better than nothing, even if it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a really good point too. Is that sometimes you just got to do it, regardless, and yeah. that you know it doesn't matter how good you've done it, you've just done it. Especially if you are a good at procrastinating, you've been doing it for a while, then just getting in and doing something really helps. Well, anything that gets you started will build momentum. Once you mm-hmm. start to do something and you actually start to see a little bit of success, then that may just encourage you to keep going and build on it. Yeah. In fact, a quote here from Dale Carnegie that I found says, inaction breeds doubt and fear, which is exactly what we're talking about, right? We can be afraid of something, whether it's a fear of not being good enough or not knowing enough. And if we just sit at home and do nothing about it, then our fear is only going to grow and our doubt is only going to grow. Whereas he said, action breeds confidence and courage. So if you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Get out and get busy. Definitely true, isn't it? Well, we just it's definitely we true. just got to get to that point of yeah, and it's very easy to getting say, out and doing it. Yeah, but not always easy to do. No, I think that what we have talked about does help ramping up the pain of something, seeing the benefit of if you do it now, and that's where it will get you, and also having accountability to another person. Yep. All of those things contribute to you actually getting up and doing something. Yep. And then it's all about managing your thought around whatever it is that you're trying to do to keep you in that action-taking mode instead of slipping back into the fear and the procrastination. It seems like a great reason to have a coach. It does, it because there's that someone who's your accountability. There's someone that can help you see why it is that you're procrastinating and then can help you set a goal to achieve that is then going to be worthwhile for you taking those actions. Absolutely. Here's another thing that they can help you with because this is a quote from Tim Ferriss. He says, being busy is a form of laziness. It's lazy thinking and indiscriminate action. So if you're just running around doing busy work that's not really contributing to your long-term goals, then even though you're running around doing things all the time, he says it's still a form of laziness because your lazy thinking and indiscriminate action means that you are still not going to reach that long-term goal that you would like to achieve. Isn't That's that interesting? interesting. And I can literally feel all the people that are busy people mm. like screaming, I'm not lazy! <laughs> That's another place where a really great coach would jump in and say, look, you're just doing work that's making you busy, but it's not getting you anywhere towards your goal. Which I'm sure would be a bit of an eye-opener. I think it would. Yeah. Um, so- I mean, I think that that's the benefit of procrastination, though, right? Is because when you procrastinate a lot, then you know that there's something that you can be doing instead. Yep. So you kind of have a bit more of a reality on your situation which is a good thing because then you know that there's areas that you need to work on and that you need to fix, so you'll be more open and receptive to making those changes in your life. There was one other thing in here that Truth I like. Truth bomb. Truth bomb, yes, absolutely. There's one other thing in here that I like. They talk about elimination before optimization. He said, bloke here knows a computer programmer named Kevlin Henney. He said, there is no code faster than no code. So in other words, the fastest way to get something done, whether it's having a computer read a lot of code or crossing a task off your to-do list, 
is to eliminate that task entirely. So the really difficult question to ask is, do I actually need to be doing this? It's easier to remain busy and tell yourself you just need to be a little more efficient or work a little later tonight than to endure the pain of eliminating a task that you're comfortable with doing, but is not the highest and best use of your time, which I thought was pretty cool too. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to the, is it important kind of where things. So like, is it important? Is it urgent? And there's that one box where it's not important and it's not urgent that it's just kind of like, well, why are you even doing it? Absolutely. And that whole box you yep. can just scrap because it's not going to add. Exactly yep. right. Adds nothing to what you're, what you're having to achieve. Perfect. So eliminate it. Eliminate it. Delete it. Exterminate it even. Exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> so things are so creepy. <laughs> So, look, that, that kind of brings us to probably around about the time that these podcast episodes of mine generally last. Have you got much out of it, do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I think that procrastination is very interesting and the different ideas that we have because obviously you were explaining what procrastination is in, like, the dictionary versus laziness. And then what one teacher told me about procrastination is different to that and then how I view it is different. So I think procrastination is different for everyone. So and, kind and of knowing what your definition is is kind of helpful. Yeah. So what about some yeah. of the tactics and techniques we talked about for getting rid of it? Oh, I mean, I employ those on the regs, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is they've been helpful. Like the more I used to be very procrastinating, like I would just not do anything for ages. And I found in the last couple of months that I've been doing this, like now that I know that I work better from a moving away from motivation. So if I ramp up the pain level, although it's a little bit discomfort at the beginning, I feel so much better afterwards. And then having that group or that community around me that are also pushing me to be better and to do more, I think that one was really the big enough changer because internally I can say anything to myself to get myself motivated but I may not always take action Mm. but the community and having someone accountable to and someone that is relying on me for something pretty much 100% of the time always work to get me into doing mode. Yeah a bit like the mastermind group that they talk about in Think and Grow Rich having a group of people around you that are all keeping each other accountable for what's going on every month. Yeah exactly and you can have a an accountability person that isn't doing the same things as you, but you have an open communication. You're like, this is what I'm going to do today. They tell you what they're going to do. And then you meet up the next day to say, okay, so what have you done? What have you haven't done? So you don't even need someone doing the same thing. You just need another person in it with you. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Sarah, thank you very much for coming along today and being a part of my podcast. It's been an absolute Mm -hmm. pleasure to have you along. I hope you, you enjoyed are very welcome. while you were here. You know I love to chat, so I did. Yes, yes you do love to chat. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you very much, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and I hope to see you at next week's episode. Hey, thanks for joining me this week on Reroute Your Brain. It's an honour to have you here. Make sure you visit my website, rerouteyourbrain.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and all the right places so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or even if you'd simply tell a friend about me, that would be awesome. If you like this show, you might want to check out my Facebook page as well. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer in future episodes of the podcast, send them through to me at podcast at rerouteyourbrain.com. 
Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Sean Street, and I'm glad you're listening.